your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. All right, 104. McMonagle here with you on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. It, ha- it came early this year, but I, it's already late November. Unbelievable. Can you, I mean, unbelievable. I can't. Already week week 11 in the NFL. I mean, come on. Week 12, what am I talking about? Week 12. Even worse. Goes by so fast. Before you know it, it's going to be Christmas. We'll be crowning a champion. It'll be at the Florida Spring Training. Can't wait. 877-337-6666. But, yeah, so I mentioned Daniel Jones. Obviously, the Giants, they'll be taking on the Patriots um, this week on Sunday. Um, yeah, I still can't believe the Patriots. I ne- I'm seeing it at a different place. I saw three and a half. The idea the Patriots would be three and a half point favorites on the road against anyone. I don't care who it is. How how is New England a three and a half point favorite? That that if you're if you're ho- that number makes me think they know something I don't know. Now I know who's playing quarterback for both teams, and Mac Jones stinks, and Tommy DeVito's been a great story, and I'm happy for him. All right, I am. I I listen. I'm we don't we don't people don't understand what tanking means. I want them to lose because I think it's what's better. I don't want them to go out there and try and lose, like. Andrew Thomas is apparently dealing with a sprained MCL. I don't want to get Daniel. I don't want to get Tommy DeVito killed. But at the same time, in a dead season, why? What, I don't want to hurt Andrew Thomas. Like these are the kind. These are the kind of things. I don't play Andrew Thomas because I want to win these games, and winning is important, and breeding a winning culture is important. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Andrew Thomas should not play. If he's banged up, if he's dealing with a sprained MCL. Don't play him. Why would he play to go out there and beat the Patriots to go four and eight? Why? Why? Like those are the things. But the guys on the field, obviously, I expect them to go out there and play hard and play to win. Of course. I'm just frustrated that now is the time they they put together these performances against Washington at two and eight when they could have done it against the Raiders when it made sense when there was still a season to be had. That's what's frustrating. But I'm happy for DeVito. I'm happy that Kayvon Thibodeau is really starting to emerge as a, as a big-time pass rusher. I'm, I'm, I am I'm, want to see the Giants play well. Uh, certainly guys moving forward. But ultimately, it's time for the quarterback change. And as great as a story as DeVito is, right, even going back to the Jet game, and people have harkened back to that. I heard Evan and Keith both talking about it. I completely disagree. I think they handled DeVito perfectly fine. I don't think they should... Bringing him into that game as the backup quarterback against the Jets' defense, having not really taken a snap with the first team all practice long, maybe even obviously all season long, he he's thrusted into that situation. He runs it in for a touchdown. They get the lead. You milk the lead. That was the kind of game that was being played. And by the way, it was a winning a winning strategy. They had the game won. They had the game won. What was Tommy? What was Tommy DeVito throwing the ball around going to do? And I told you the second that game was over that it didn't mean they didn't trust DeVito to throw the ball. That was the strategy for that game in the rain against the Jets. And clearly, he's capable of throwing the football. 
And as great as a story as it is, and as happy as I am for him, and as nice as it is to watch him play, young, young local kid, young local Italian kid, it's a fun story, the chicken cutlets, the whole thing, great. He's playing to keep Daniel Jones' giant career alive. That's all this is. DeVito is not going to get, I mean, I'm sorry, an undrafted kid, he would have to perform at such a level the entire rest of the way to even be considered next year. Like maybe if, if they play well enough and win games and Daniel Jones is the quarterback, he's clearly the backup, and then anything could happen considering Daniel Jones' injury history. And then from there maybe, but he's not going to get a chance to really be the guy and overpass Daniel Jones. They're either playing Daniel Jones or they're drafting a top rookie. That's it. And right now, the way DeVito plays and the way the Giants win or lose dictates who their quarterback is going to be. And I'm on the camp of drafting a young stud quarterback in, like, say, I don't know, Drake May, who the Giants have sent scouts to every game this year. And the last one he just played, they sent, like, six. It's time for a change in this franchise, desperately. I'm done with Daniel Jones. I respect him. And I do think he's talented. It hasn't worked. And now two of the last three years, he's dealing with season-ending injury. And all I see with DeVito is, is it's a nice story, and I, I, I'm I, interested to see what he could be. But he's not going to play so well that next year he's the starting quarterback going into the year. It's not going to happen. So the the better he plays, the more he wins, the more likely Daniel Jones is the quarterback of this team. And not that that's a death sentence necessarily, but I'm just done with it. I'm just done with it. And I put out a tweet about after the game that, you know, DeVito was sacked nine times. And still threw three touchdown passes, with it, which it feels like Daniel Jones hasn't done since his rookie season, quite honestly. That's how it feels. That, that might even be right. He doesn't throw touchdown passes. So I was like, listen, everyone who defends Daniel Jones goes, the offensive line's terrible. What do you expect? How can he win with that offensive line? What do you expect? Well, now I can have, who would do better? Well, now I can say DeVito. That's who. Tommy DeVito. That's who. That's who could step in with this offensive line and still throw touchdown passes and get sacked nine times, which I was bombarded with. Oh, my God, that is such a lazy take. The offensive line's so much better. Those nine sacks, you know, seven of them were on were on him. You want to take a look at how many sacks are on Daniel Jones? But having said all that, he does an interview. He does a weekly show with Kay Adams, which typically is not very entertaining at all because he's, uh, he's, he's all of Eli Manning's uh, cliched answers without any of his Oreo commercials or Manning cast stuff. It's like he's the he's the he's the nothing but boring part of Eli Manning, which I respect, but it is what it is. But I thought he gave an honest to God great answer to this question that I think is a completely self aware, and I honestly believe he believes it. I don't think it's just him trying to say the right thing. I think Daniel Jones believes this, and I think it's as good an answer and as self aware an answer, and makes me respect him so much more than I did before. And I, and I respected him before. But this answer is pitch perfect. I think it's exactly correct. And while I still think I think it's best for the Giants to end the long term, now he might be the co- the quarterback next year because the way his contract is con- constructed, it doesn't make sense to cut him next year. So I don't know when he'll be back from his injury, but there's still a chance he'll be the starting quarterback next year. But I'm done with him being the future of the Giants. I just think I think that time is now past. 
But this answer that Daniel Jones gave, I, I, I absolutely respect, and I think it's honestly right on. I have the question in there, too. Here's Daniel Jones on the Kay Adams Show. Eli Manning told uh, the Marshand and Oran podcast that the Giants need to put more trust and talent around you because this last year isn't a reflection of who you are as a player. What do you feel like when you hear that? Because the truth is, I mean, I'm looking at even just the numbers, all of that, like, you know, your sacks, it's stupid. Like, Saquon wasn't there a bunch of games. You took a beating all season. Your O-line was beat up all season long. So would you agree that some of this criticism that you're getting or that you would be getting or is unfair and that Eli's right? Um, well, I mean, I think, um, you know, every team in the league deals with injuries. They deal with, uh, you know, situations that aren't perfect. And, and the job is to uh, overcome those and, and win, win anyway, play well anyway. So, um yeah, I didn't didn't play well enough, didn't do enough for us to, to put us in position to win games. And I know that, um, you know, I know I've got to play better and, and I'm focused on on shoring that up and, and working on the things that I need to do to improve. Um, you know, so um, as far as how I feel about the criticism or, or what people are saying, um, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm more focused on what, what I need to do. And I, I know I got to play better. That was pitch perfect. Every team deals with injuries. Every team deals with situations that aren't perfect. The job is to rise above. That's literally, literally the job. He's 100% correct. And he was unable to do so, and he said as much himself. He did not play well enough. He got a new contract for $40 million. I don't care the situation. I don't care Saquon Barkley. They got blown out in every game, and they never scored touchdown passes. It's not all on him. By no stretch is it all on him. But for how many years do we have to watch the Giants and him and this offense almost never rise above? Never. Never. I appreciate that answer. I respect the hell out of it. I think she gave him every opportunity. She brought up all the problems. In that, in that question. In that question, it's like your offensive line stinks. Saquon Barkley isn't there. You're getting sacked at a crazy number. You're getting beat up. You're getting this. I mean, and they're still on you. I mean, geez, like, wh- what do you say to all that? I mean, you know, please, I they got some nerve knocking you. And instead, he's like, no, no, no. I'm supposed to be better. Every team deals with what I deal with. Every team. And the job is to overcome all that. I love that answer. I respect Daniel Jones. I still think it's time to move on, but that's a phenomenal answer. And I do think he's talented. And I don't think him being the quarterback next year is a death sentence necessarily. And If everything gets better, I don't think it's impossible that he plays well. But to me, when you have an opportunity to be at the top of the draft of a quarterback draft, like you have to take that opportunity especially for a quarterback now on year number six, the last two have ended with season-ending surgeries. And they don't win. He does nothing but lose. He won one playoff game, and God bless him, it was an incredibly incredible performance. He was amazing in that Minnesota game. He was, he was the best player in the NFL for Wild Card Weekend. I mean, it was a virtuoso performance. I won't take that away from him for a second. And he had a good year last year, solid, you know, not a great year. Didn't score a lot of touchdowns. The offense really didn't do much. But 
They made it in. They won a bunch of games you didn't think they could win. They made it into the playoffs, and then he was brilliant against Minnesota before getting you know throttled by a better team in, in Philadelphia. But, like, how many years? The Giants just lose, man. The Giants just lose. So as much as I, you know, hate to do this, and I hate to be the guy rooting against the Giants, it's it's in the best interest of the team to get a top draft pick. And I, and I don't want to hear that it doesn't guarantee you anything. Like, that's the easy, that's an answer everyone wants to give you. That draft pick doesn't give, guarantee anything. You're just as likely to get a quarterback here or there or in anywhere. Yeah. I, you can get a quarterback on a train. You can get a quarterback in the rain. You can get a quarterback in a boat. You can get a quarterback with a goat. Like, it's that's not true. And I trust Brian Dable and, and Joe Shane, who drafted and developed Josh Allen. And where'd they get him? It, it, that, that's the quarterback they chose. I want them to have their choice of quarterback. I want them to pick the guy they believe is the best. I want them to have that opportunity. I don't want them to fall back on the third or fourth guy and just hope they're right or hope he was the guy. Like, I want them to have their choice. And as much as you know, the idea of the, the, the draft being a crapshoot, and the idea that quarterback could pan out to be Zach Wilson, or he could pan out pan out to be Joe Burrow, or he could pan out to be this or that. It doesn't. It's a crapshoot. The one thing I know for sure is, despite the fact that maybe it gives you a smile, four and eight gives you nothing. That's what I know for sure. Like you want you want to take a chance with a quarterback? That's fine. You want to talk about a gamble at the top of the draft? It's a gamble. Four and eight's not gambling. Four and eight's done. Four and eight is. Over, I know that, and don't tell me it means something to win. It doesn't. It doesn't. You got a lo- you got a running back talking about. There's no such thing as loyalty. You have a team last year that w- pulled off miraculous win after miraculous win just based on pulling up their, their their bootstraps and figuring out ways to win games at the end against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, against Lamar Jackson and the and the Ravens. Just you know, left and right, winning games nobody thought they would win. Go into the playoffs and beat a, a 13 win Minnesota team. What did it do for them? 40 to nothing in the first game. 40 to nothing on opening day. 60 to nothing through one and a half through one and a half games. 60 to nothing. That's what winning brought them. Winning brought them getting demolished on a weekly basis. Don't tell me about a winning culture. Don't. I want to win. I want the quarterback because the quarterback is what wins. You could talk about how there's a lot of flaws on this team and they need this and they need that. GM, coach, quarterback. That's what you need. Those are the pillars. Those are the pillars. Running back is not a pillar. Defensive back is not a pillar. Linebacker is not a pillar. You need the quarterback. Yeah, you might have holes everywhere else. But filling them don't doesn't guarantee anything. Having the great quarterback guarantees you a hell of a lot more than a complete roster. It just does. And then you can go about building the complete roster. The building doesn't stop after the quarterback. 877-337-6666. So we get into the Giants here as they take on the Patriots. We've talked about the Jets as the plan ruined their season. But maybe, just maybe, there's a chance to get the plan back on board. If they could figure out a way to beat the Dolphins on Friday and bring Aaron Rodgers back, 
We still have to talk about whether or not he should come back either way. Do you bring Aaron Rodgers back even if the Jets are out of playoff contention? We'll get to it. As well as a bunch of baseball stuff. Since we last spoke, Yamamoto has been posted. The battle of New York supremacy is on. All the money of Steve Cohen versus the prestige and slightly less money of Hal Steinbrenner. Who will win? There's another outfielder the Yankees have suddenly been uh, attached to. That's an interesting story. And yet again, yet again, the brand and the prestige and the New York Yankees are under attack once more. And whenever they are attacked, you will find me. Wherever there is Yankee injustice, I will be there. And we'll get to it later. 877-337-6666. Monica here with you on the fan.